This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, welcome to the Future of Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monategi, and today I'm joined by one of the smartest guys I know. I'm so excited to have him on the show. Would you guys give me a big warm welcome for Jeremy Julian? Yeah, Jeremy, as, as always, I love having you on here. Our, our conversations go down so many great paths. Before we get into uh, uh, more detail, I, let's back up a little bit and talk about the path that got you into the business. Okay, yeah. Well, the path is a, is a long one, and it, uh, I, I know you and I talked about it pre-show, but family business um, started, uh, quite frankly, when I was when I was in grade school, where the, the home phone back before cell phones would ring and it would be restaurateurs calling in about technology problems. But started my professional career actually waiting tables at some of our customers. And then uh, it turned into uh, working support. I looked at my first pay stub. I was making $5.25 an hour to take phone support calls back in the in the uh, mid 90s. And uh, grown up, grown up for the last uh, 25 years, uh, just really building customer relationships and solving technology problems. And ultimately, a lot of times those end up solving uh, operational problems and, and all of the other kind of things that go along with restaurants because uh, they're a pretty awesome uh, awesome area to go uh, to go solve some problems for people. Certainly from where you when you were a kid starting uh, in restaurant world, data that's getting collected nowadays is dramatically different. You know, as we watch the evolution of, of uh, data collection and uh, data processing uh, with our customers, you know, uh, I think one of the lines that uh, I love is if your restaurant isn't eating data, your, your guests aren't eating a thing. Yep. Well, and it, I mean, it's kind of funny that you say that because I would agree, you know, I mean, I go back to where it was electronic cash registers where you really, you know, unless you were the same guy that was there on a Friday night to know who your guests were, to know that this person likes, you know, this kind of wine and this kind of steak and likes to sit in this booth. Ultimately that, that really, as data has become more and more prevalent, you've got to understand who your customer is and, and, Oftentimes the customer is giving you that data and, and those brands that are doing a good job of understanding who the customer is, what it is that they, that they want, what it is that they need, that they're anticipating their brand desires and how they want to interact with the brand are the ones that are really the ones that are growing. I mean, it's fantastic to watch so many brands across the, across the world really use the data to make a customer experience better. I mean, I know all of us, uh, at least here in the U.S., uh, have the Amazon effect or the Apple effect where they know so much about us and they really anticipate where we're at and where we're going. And there are some restaurants, ironically, that are starting to do that where they really understand Anthony, who Anthony is, what, you know, when does he eat at certain places? How does he eat? You know, how does he like to eat when his wife's in town? Does he, you know, does he eat the salad? And when his wife's not in town, does he get the bone and ribeye? Because because uh, it tastes a heck of a lot better than the uh, than the you know the chicken Caesar salad. And, you know, he knows he needs to be healthy when wife's sitting there watching kind of thing. I mean, you you and I have you and I have talked about this, but I think it's uh, I think the the data is such a powerful asset that way too many restaurant tours aren't exploiting to really help make a getter a better guest experience. For sure. You know, being able to collect that data, 
and know that Anthony's eating the dessert when wife's not looking. Yes, exactly. <laughs> know that I'm going to eat that dessert uh, before Sophia catches me. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, just just knowing the preferences of the guests that you have on a repeat basis, right? Uh, anticipating when they're hungry, where they're located. Uh, you know, um, we're working with a brand out on the East Coast called Ann Pizza, and they've done an amazing job of build a flagship store, use mobile restaurants and the third parties to make delivery, uh, find out delivery patterns, plant uh-huh. a mobile truck out to where the new location is, right? They kind of uh, plant a flag, uh, use their party data, figure out where the uh, patterns are, put another mobile truck out there, make that delivery time faster, like the market. Now they plant another flag and they have certainly used that to their advantage. You know, first time I've ever seen brands do a much smarter way of using this third party data that's coming around. I know that's a big deal. Let's talk a little yep. bit about that. Yeah, no, and, and and again, you and I talked a little bit about this pre-show is, again, all of these third-party delivery companies own so much of the customer. I mean, we talked about it. They own the customer. There was just some recent legislation, and I have no idea when this podcast will go live, but um, there was some le- recent legislation in New York where you know the third-party data um, companies, the, the DoorDashes and Grubhubs, have to share some of that data with the customers because it's incredibly powerful. A lot of brands are doing exactly what you're talking about, or they'll put a ghost kitchen in a, in a market market. They'll put a ghost kitchen and they'll only, so it might be a brick and mortar, you know, physical location, not a food truck, but they'll put a, put one of these in a market to see one of our customers, the guys from Torchy's Tacos down in Austin, just put a ghost kitchen up in Ohio to see if that was a market that was going to resonate well with that, with that region prior to putting a brick and mortar store. Cause a brick and mortar store might be a million and a half dollars to build out all in, but now, you know, and that's, it's a fast casual brand out of Austin, whereas a, a, a ghost kitchen might be half that cost or even less. And so now your, your investment to get into a market is significantly less. One of the other things that, um, that actually is early on the data continuum is really what are customers eating? You know, if you're not looking at, you know, everybody's watched whether it's bar rescue or, you know, all of the Gordon Ramsay come into these places. Oftentimes these chefs get fall in love with their, their food items that they're trying to sell or brands fall in love with these, these food items. And they're trying to cater to the 1% that this crabby old lady wants her grilled cheese with mustard on it. And if I don't, if I take grilled cheese off the menu, I'm going to lose that crabby old lady. But the truth is, is the data really is how you need to make your business decisions. And way too many restaurateurs, in my opinion, end up serving their guests based on emotion and based on some legacy, some thought that says the grilled cheese has to stay on the menu because we get five orders a week of it. And ultimately, a lot of times that ends up hindering their capability to grow, to be able to modify their their food offering, to be able to modify their, their brand image. We've all been to those brands that are tired, that never really use the data to grow beyond. What are the food trends? What are people, how are people engaging with your brand? I'm certain another thing that we talk about talk about is we've got these brands that are really lunch brands. You know, you, you live in a, in a major metro area, you know, you've got these lunch brands that, that, you know what, during the pandemic, it killed some of these lunch brands because you weren't, you were no longer going into the office and, and hitting the salad shop, hitting the sandwich shop on your way to and from the office. You know, Starbucks just released their earnings call the other day, and they had a huge pivot, you know, from last year to this year, trying to understand how consumers are going to engage with your brand. But how do I look at that same brand that that is engaged for that sandwich deal and turn it into?
into something that's going to be able to serve those same families that are in the high rise downtown and have a take and go meal that's healthy and and is for the soccer mom that's driving back from the soccer practice that can go pick it up that doesn't look the same as their menu that's at lunchtime because again we all know but i think way too many way too few restaurant tours are using this data to make better business decisions to understand how to serve their guests how much better does that look when when now i can engage with that brand a second time during the week because i'm not just getting a sandwich at lunch with my buddies when i run out for my 30 minute lunch or my one hour lunch i'm now also getting a full you know three course or five course meal at night for my family for for dinner that looks very different um and and, and that's some of the early data that people used but there's geo data where are these people physically coming from tie it into the credit card data to understand who this consumer is what is their spend patterns grabbing loyalty data what do they often order do they always order the ribeye or do they order the ribeye some days and then and you know are they on a ketogenic diet are they on a you know are they are they doing different things that now and way too often whether it's through social media through your credit card or through even what the guests will give you. They will give you the data that says, how do I serve you? And unfortunately, way too few people are serving them the way that they need to get served. Uh, it, it, for, for sure. You know, um, we do something for one brand where we actually sit out and poll the guest. We have people that sit out in front of the restaurant and poll them. It's amazing how much information guests want to give you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're excited about your brand. They want, they want you to know more about it. They, they want you to know, I come here because I, I work down here. And every time I come down to this market, I go to your restaurant. And I love it. But I, I, I live you know, an hour away. I'd love one in our market. Look, if you could, you could I know a perfect location in my market for it. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times that we'll do one of these surveys. Uh, and we'll understand where the customer's coming from, right? And, the, and this is, as we're looking backwards, the last couple of years, now we can start to identify where the customer's coming from. Are they coming, are they coming from home? Is it that soccer mom? Is it, the, is it a group of employees? Is it uh, some nurses at a restaurant, at a, ho- at a hospital? Or are they kids coming from a soccer game and start to identify so that now I can take that data. Instead of having a market to 100% of the people, now I can target market that 3% of the people that fit that, that, uh, that genre or that location or, or understand their pattern. Right? Look, the soccer moms are going to leave here and go this way. If I can catch them in time, Yep. And here's where I should be hit, hitting that, uh, that, that little coupon. We were just talking with one of our business partners that had a customer that was coming in. He was coming in, he, he worked in a medical office and he was coming in and buying food for the, these doctors on a regular basis. And he would come in and spend a thousand dollars, thousand dollars every week. He was coming in and buying a thousand dollars worth of food from this one brand. And at the end of the day, they figured out that this was the same customer that was coming in with his family once a month. And it was the same guy that was, you know, somebody's assistant or somebody's something. Actually, it was a pharmaceutical rep. I was talking to the, this customer that does this data for this loyalty. It was a pharmaceutical rep that was buying for these doctors once a week. He'd buy $1,000 worth of food for this doctor's office. They were able to tie together his just by his spend patterns and the last four of his credit card number that this was the same guy that was coming in with his family. Well, Knowing that, um, knowing that he was getting the, the pharmaceutical rep stuff was getting paid for by the ph- pharmaceutical company, they ended up offering him, you know, loyalty status on the personal side, and they increased his frequency from once a month to once a week because they were trying to understand how do I get this guy back here more often. But that same customer who was coming in for dinner once a month, but coming in once a week for this pharmaceutical rep, 
didn't exist to them. They were two distinct customers because the, the restaurant didn't recognize him because he was coming into their two different meal periods. And it just never ended up um, resonating with them the same way that it might now that they can see that data. And so, and I'm sure you've heard the story. Um, and if you haven't on the data side, this is not restaurants necessarily, but you've, you've heard the story. And if you haven't, it's, it's always an interesting one where Target was sending, um, uh, you know, stuff for a, a young lady that had a baby to her home. She was still living at home with her parents. And unfortunately, based on her spend patterns, she was buying pregnancy tests and buying all of these different things and hadn't told her family that she was pregnant yet. She knew she was pregnant, but hadn't told her family that she was pregnant. Well, I think it was Target it was the brand. They sent her diapers and wipes and coupons for these different things. And her parents are like, why are all of this stuff showing up? Well, I forgot to tell you, I'm pregnant and I'm going to be having a baby in nine months. So from the data perspective, it's amazing what the spend patterns you can do. And so while that's a, a little bit creepy, I think way too often as consumers, we're giving this data because we want that experience. We don't want them to have a vanilla experience. We all say we don't want anybody to have our data, but the truth is, is when they don't know who we are, it, found, it feels and sounds so depersonalized. Everybody's watched the, the old sitcom Cheers at, where everybody knows your name, I'm certain all of our patterns look very similar where you're going into the same restaurant brands because they know who you are. They know who Anthony is. They feel good about, about Anthony, know what, what's going on with him. And I think way too often we forego those things and the data, being able to use that data to make a better experience. And again, one last thing, and I'm sorry, I know I, I kind of go off on these tangents, oh, great. but some um, the, the, the last piece I would say is without the data, with the amount of staffing problems that we've had, with the amount of turnover that we've had through this pandemic, without the data, that same host that was sitting there 18 months ago when COVID started and could name every single high net worth customer in your fine dining steakhouse by name, didn't work for 18 months. So she might not have come back or he might not have come back. So how do I create that same experience where Anthony's walking in and on the futuristic side, his phone checks in with a beacon so that when he walks up, hi, I see it's your anniversary, Anthony. We have a bottle of wine or a bottle of champagne sitting at the table for you. And the appetizer will be fired as soon as we seat you because we know that you like the crab cakes <laughs> and you like, think about what that experience looks like yeah, versus yeah. You walking in, them going, hi, can I take your phone number or can I take your name? And now it turns into a very different experience for you because, again, everybody's looking for that guest experience. I think that's the thing that's the most surprising is that, you know, when as we look at the data, I don't think we can tell where this is going to go. You know, just, just like when cars were invented, we could not have imagined Uber. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you could imagine you could hit this little, your, your phone in your hand and a car would come to you. That was not in the realm of possibility then. I think that same thing is happening today. As we look at the data, right? And I, I, I go across our company. I look at across and go, look, data, 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 data. And people, I think, are almost tired of me sometimes going, data? I, is this a waste of time? I go, no, you don't understand. That you can't see it today. But what we're working on is stuff that we can't see. And just getting the practice of us managing the data that we collect. How do we do this stuff? Getting, getting uh, uh, consistent about the data that we collect. Uh, knowing how our projects go, where our projects are happening, how they're happening. Same thing for, for restaurateurs. You know, as we look at that data, it's going to change the way that we pick locations, the way that we mm -hmm. do the build-outs of those locations. You know, there's a brand that we're working with right now that's got the, they're doing pretty basic build-outs in the restaurant, but they're using 36 uh, digital uh, cameras to project 
in the restaurant to change the environmental experience. Uh-huh. Right? Their idea is that you'll be greeted by a virtual assistant that will meet, they'll meet you at the front door and guide you via, via a virtual assistant uh, through these cameras to your seat. And you'll be able to tell where you're sitting and what you're doing. They'll change the environment via, via the day, via the menu, and keep it, you know, I mean, think about how intriguing that'd be to walk in every single time. And we're always looking for the new restaurant. What happens if the old restaurant you go to is new every time you go there? Yep. Well, and I think, I think again, based on d- data-driven decisions, it, it happens to us every single day. We live in a world where Google and Amazon and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all these people are collecting data to be able to market to us, to be able to sell us stuff, to be able to create a better experience. The credit card companies have done it for 40 years. They've known exactly who we are and they know exactly what our spend patterns are. And, you know, everybody that has a credit card that's on this, that's, that's listening to this podcast, they get a once a year, once every six months, email from the credit card company, what's your new address? What's your new annual income? And you know what? Amazingly, I just signed up for a loyalty account just yesterday for, for something. They asked for my, my birthday. Well, because my birthday, the last four of my credit card and my physical address or my zip code tie me to, you know what? In my zip code, there's probably very few people that have my birthday and my physical, you know, zip code and the last four of my credit card, there's 0% that anybody else is somebody other than me. And so they can tell me, I mean, I, I, I was at a, a, a meeting uh, a few months ago, and I think I told you this, Anthony, where somebody from one of those large credit card companies would come in and say, you know what, let me talk to, to these 26 demographics. So they had 26 different profiles. There's the hipster that wants to live downtown, that wants to live in a high rise above a coffee house that's going to spend $7 for a cup of coffee. There's the soccer mom. You know, they have all these demographics and it's based on psychographics. It's based on, and they can predict to within a a 99% accuracy, who's going to buy what, when, and where based on those demographics. And so we challenged this guy because it was a bunch of CEOs in 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 a meeting room. We said, okay, Go pick somebody in the room and, and go figure out who this person is. And just by the last four of his credit card and his zip code through TransUnion or whoever it was, Experian, he was a, whoever this guy, whoever this guy worked for, he was able to do a data search and say, you make about this amount of money, you've got two kids, you have a wife, you live in a house that's built in this year, you go to these four restaurants on a regular basis, you know, your spend patterns are this, this, and this, all without him even knowing in like five minutes. And the guy's like, how did you know all of this stuff about me? He's like, because you gave it to me and, and, and I have it all. How much more powerful if a restaurant brand knew who those people were, could they now challenge and change that behavior to serve the guests that they want to serve, to serve the guests that's going to uh, provide them the most profitable guest experience, to serve that guest that's going to end up coming back for more frequency? How do they get that repeat customer to come back in? How do they know when they had a bad experience? How do I know all too often that Anthony comes to this place once a week and now he hasn't been back for a month to go back and get Anthony back? Maybe Anthony's on vacation in Paris. Maybe Anthony got really pissed off because the salad was terrible the last time he went and he's not going to ever come back. How do I know that? The only way you know that is by putting data at the center of what it is that you do because you can't do it manually. There is absolutely no way you can do it manually. You know what? If you're serving 100 covers a night and you're the host and, and, and you know, you're at 
you know, Gibson Steakhouse is small, you know, whatever. I get Gibson's is huge. But like, you know, if you were at the steakhouse and you knew every customer that was coming in, you know what, you might be able to recognize, oh, hey, Anthony, you know, you've been coming here for 20 years and, and you know, they know you and they, they come and have a glass of wine with you, all of that kind of stuff. And everybody loves that experience. But you know what, that's not scalable. That can't go beyond um, beyond one or two restaurants. You can't make a ton of money doing that, especially in today's day and age. And so I look at the brands, Panera Bread, you know, Starbucks, McDonald's, all of these big brands are not only launching loyalty, they're not only, you know, they have a loyalty, they have the credit card data, they're going to be ahead when all of these other brands, I mean, they're, they're coming into a, to a knife fight with a gun because the, the guys that don't have that or haven't invested in it or haven't understood the power of it aren't going to be able to compete in the 21st century as things continue to go on. And I think that's what's happening right now. You're seeing that the, the guys that are doing that today Right? Even though they're fumbling, they're trying to figure out what, shake their head, try to figure it out. You're going to see that that spread between the guys who, the companies who have, the mm-hmm. companies who have not, and you're going to see that it's going to be at some point, you're not going to be able to catch up to it, right? You know, yep. the, uh, uh, you know, there's there's a florist down in Florida that uh, uh, where my mother lives, that every year, a few days before her birthday, yeah, you know, I, I get this great little email, hey Anthony, it's your mother's birthday, how, mm-hmm. how beautiful, how, how big of flowers can I send her this year? And I he gets me for a couple hundred bucks every year i'm when i get that email i'm so damn happy that he sends that to me yep. and, it, it, and i'm like how big can you go right like it's my mom go big make her cry i want you to walk up to the door if she she doesn't cry then i didn't go big enough so uh you know i gotta Love tell that. your mom who loves flowers so you know <laughs> that's the that's the difference right right there you're you know hey it's uh, your son's birthday you want to take him to gibson my son and i love going to gibson's right uh, get that mm-hmm. email as a reminder or or set a reservation hey we set a reservation for you and your son to be here uh, on your birthday, does that is this time work for you in your schedule, or should yep. I make a movement? You know, yeah, no, but you look at that but- now. Now think about what that guest experience was. Hey, last year you guys got the ribeye, but you fill out the guest survey that said it was a little underdone. I'm going to make sure that it's perfect this time for you. And now if the host walked up and said, "Hey, I know last year we we really messed up, and and your appetizer didn't show up on time." Anthony, I'm going to make sure it's right so that your kid has the, the best experience that he can ever have to do that. You're going to be a customer, a loyal customer until they screw it up the next time. But how different does that experience look versus, I mean, it, again, just over the weekend, I was out shopping and I shopped at a local local place because the guy knew who I was. He understood what I was looking for. He It was human sell to humans. But again, the data to be able to help them make better business decisions to enhance those experiences is huge. And without it, you're 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 fighting with one hand tied behind your back, and it's it's uh, it, it's it's tough. There's a part that's hard. You know, you got the uh, mom and pop shop uh, competing with Gibson's. Mm-hmm. Right? You got uh, if you look down the street over here where I live, uh, I've got a great uh, got a great guy who uh, has got a pizzeria over here, and every Tuesday he does five dollar pizza. And that blows the door up, right? You know, he's probably, his margins are really tight, but I, he gets a lot of guests pumping through there. And I said to him, are you collecting the data? Yep. Right. So that, so the rest of the week you're get you're, you're, you're communicating with them, right? Are you, are you all through COVID? He did a great job. He, he, he put these little notes in there. Hey, thanks for supporting. You mean that you, you and your family are making a difference for me and my family. And you can feel and pull the heartstrings of the neighbors, right? Just, I'd order an extra pizza every single time just to, I don't know if we're going to eat it, but I figured out how to. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. The COVID fifteen hit. Uh, it wasn't COVID nineteen. Well, COVID nineteen pounds that you added over the over the eighteen exactly. months. <laughs> that communication piece, and I think you know, the little guy sometimes thinks, I just don't. You know, he's tired. He, by the time he hits the pillow at night, he's like, I can barely get this. You know, I had to work the line today. You know, uh, my my line chef note didn't show up. Like now, I've got to. 
I had to work the line or I, last night I had to do the dishes because the dish shift and, and I, you know, forget the date. I just, I'm just trying to get through a shift uh, with uh-huh. the staff I have. And I'm like, all right, where are the little things that you're doing capture the data? And, you know, just, it just has to be big things. It can literally yep. just be, Hey, uh, when you fill out, uh, when you're filling out to go orders uh, or pickup orders or, or people are coming in uh, the polling that you're doing, just collecting that data so that you know, like you said, on a small level, it doesn't have to be so, so ginormous. A small restaurant tour can start collecting data on their local population and yep. then start working on, on marketing to them in little ways. It does not have to be. No, it doesn't birthday. have to be grandiose to suggest that they're driving home from soccer practice because every Tuesday night at six, they get off of soccer practice and we want to make sure we get that, that, that wallet share and that stomach share. It doesn't need to be that grandiose. It very easily could be the, the, the small example that you said, but it really starts with having a point of sale at the center of it that can capture that data. So I'm tying the guest to the transaction, to the payment, you know, th- those three pieces. who is the guest? What did they order? And how did they pay? Those three things end up making a huge difference to, to you know, and having a point of sale that can, that can serve that purpose is the first thing I would say that you got to make sure that you, you have a point of sale at the center of it to capture that. And then being able to capture the guests. Almost every pizza place in America captures your phone number or they capture your name. That's right. What do I do with that? What do I do with that phone number? Sign up for a texting service that, 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 you know what, every Tuesday, you know, with Twilio, you've got, and there's millions of them out there. A lot of them don't need to cost a million dollars. You can get an export from your, your system once a week, you upload it via a website. They make it super simple, especially people using Square and Clover and some of these, you know, smaller end systems. They make those, make it easy for those restaurant operators to be able to compete with the big guys. So now they're texting those customers once a week saying, Hey, just remember, we've got our Tuesday special. What's going on? You know, come by and pick up $5 pizzas or bring this coupon in on a Friday night and you get, you know, five bucks off of your Friday night pizza when you really want to. What does that look like? So now I'm engaged with those guests multiple times a quarter, multiple times a day, multiple times a week. So to me, it's so simple to be able to do that. It doesn't need to look like Panera. It doesn't need to look like McDonald's. It doesn't need to look like Subway where they've got these crazy grandiose things. It can very easily be, I send a text message. Again, there's a local pizza guy that um, he, he did some of the stuff and he was not knowing what I did. He was, he's good, you know, really, really good pizza operator. Um, and through the pandemic, you know, he knows my kids, so he lets them come back and throw pizzas in the, in the kitchen when nobody's around, not during, not, not during COVID, but early on, he'd, he'd be like, ah, yeah. I said, can it, can the kids come throw a pizza? He'd like, yeah, 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 come back here. Wash your hands. Come kids, come, come throw a pizza. And I'd, I'd make them learn how to throw pizza over their head and get flour all over themselves. But, um, but he had gotten a new, he had gotten a new feature in his point of sale where he's like, no, he like he was all excited. He's like, you can, you can, you can pay, you can pay from the parking lot, man, and I'll and I'll run the pizza out to you. And I'm like, that's great, Rudy. Like you're you're embracing technology because he he's there all the time, that's right, and he that's knows right. who the guests are. But he and I were just talking two weeks ago, and he's like, I'm opening a new store. I said, okay, Rudy, here's the deal, man. You're not going to be at that store every day. Now, how do you get beyond, you know, he's like, ah, you know, sitting down with me one night, he's like, I'm killing myself. I'm here six nights a week. You know, my family doesn't hardly ever see me. He's going to the next door. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm excited. I knew that this was your goal. Let's, let's go figure out how to make it happen. But now he's at that second store. And I said, how are you going to make sure that you make the same guests feel like a million bucks? Yeah, you got a great product. But you know what? Part of why I come here is because of you, Rudy. Rudy, I want to make sure that you're that guy. And when you're not here, I'm bummed. When I show up, 
but how do I create that same guest experience using the data that says Jeremy always orders a large pepperoni and a large cheese pizza and order a garlic knots and a Caesar salad? Because that's my order every single time. He was like, oh, I got to figure out how to do that. How do I know that I'm engaging with him that says, you know what, Jeremy hasn't ordered in three weeks. What's going on? How do I engage with him and says, hey, I miss you, man. I'd love to, I'd love to see you again. But unfortunately, you get busy running your restaurant that you don't even know that they haven't been in in a while. And then you sit down one night. Well, after you get home, you go, man, I haven't seen Jeremy in a while. But now if I don't have the data, I don't even know that. It's just something in my gut. I don't go back and 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 go re-engage with him. I don't see. Maybe he has been in. And it's been on the on the Wednesday nights when I'm not working that you know he has been in. And so these are all of the things that I think the data allows us those opportunities to make a tr tremendous difference in the guest experience if we're capturing it and if we're utilizing it to make make again that guest experience different we certainly are going to see a bunch of that great stuff you know it helped that poor tired uh, operator uh remember uh all this data that we're collecting all the influence that we're doing we're going to we're going to see stuff that's coming out we can't even predict today and and we're just at the edges of it and that's uh that's really exciting you know um you, know, you and I, I i need to have you on this podcast again before you take off do me a favor. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? I do host a podcast and blog called The Restaurant Technology Guys. So if you go to restauranttechnologyguys.com, tons and tons of stuff. I've got tons of guests on the podcast. You know, Anthony will be on the, the podcast pretty soon where I talk about everything related to restaurant technology. So that story comes from um, this guy, Mike, who's the CEO of Wisely, which is a loyalty company that that, that does this. But these stories of, of how do you engage with your guests, um, guest experience and capturing the data and using technology is what the restaurant technology guys do. It's, you know, we do technology. You guys produce good food. Listen to the listen to the podcast. Listen to read the blog post. You'll learn a ton. Never going to ask for money. Never going to sell your data out to anybody. Use it to try and help make your life better. Engage with me, Jeremy at therestauranttechnologyguys.com. You can send me an email on Twitter at RestTechGuys, on Facebook at RestTechGuys. So all of the socials, if you want to hit me up on social media, love to engage in these conversations. I love, I mean, I can think back three years ago. I recorded one of our very first podcasts about where I thought the future of restaurants was going. And it was really about this and, and COVID's accelerated it. My, my timelines were way off because of COVID, but I truly think that, that the device that's in your hand, you know, your iPhone or your Android phone will end up replacing a portion of the point of sale. I don't think all of the point of sale because there still needs to be an engine for taxing. There still needs to be an engine to run to the kitchen. There still needs to be an engine for somebody that doesn't have a smartphone, but I think your phone is going to end up being your primary entry device to get food into the kitchen and to control that guest experience. But again, so much of the data with your phone, where you're at, how quickly you're getting there. So, sorry, I know you asked me a very simple question about how do people get a hold of me. But, but, Jared, but, no, but Jerry, this is, this, think about this, for those real high volume restaurants, you know, for example, Gibson's, right? Being able to go into a Gibson's and go, look, if I'm able to have a guest order on their way in, right, yep. to, to really interact with them in a way before they even get there, right? Yep. And, and when they sit, you know, that we're interacting with them before they show up via their reservation. And now we're able to communicate with them. If I get that order in, let's say 10 minutes faster, I can turn that table 10 minutes faster than I did before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Can I get through, can I get one more uh, table count throughput? In, my, in, in, a, in a place like Gibson's, that means almost a million dollars a year if I can get 10 minutes off of every right, table that's turn. That's right. That's right. You know, that's right, and, that's right. and $10 million at, at 30% profit is 3 million bucks in I mean, you know, $300,000 in profit that you're missing out on by just being able to do that. And so, yes, I fully agree with that. So, yes, connect with me at Rest Tech Guys on Twitter, Facebook, all of those socials, 
or go subscribe to the blog at restauranttechnologyguys.com. Um, again, you'll see my ugly bug up there and, uh, and get to, uh, get to hear all of the, all of the things, but again, podcasts have been going on about three years, have some really great guests on there and, uh, always looking for new guests. So if any of our audience is out there and wants to be as a, as a guest, uh, you get to come alongside Anthony and, uh, and, uh, be a guest He's, on the podcast. I love it. Do you, you guys see why I like him so much? I mean, his energy is like this off air on air. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. He's contagious and uh, I love it. Jeremy, thanks a lot for being on the, on the podcast. I am so grateful. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, thanks for having me on. And I look forward to, uh, to doing it again. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry. Finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.